You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to our weekly Market Talk podcast and Brexit update. Today is Tuesday the 4th of February. My name is Stuart Banks from AIB Treasury and I'm joined by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the latest market developments and of course Brexit. Ollie, while the UK finally left the EU last Friday night, the real work begins now as they look to negotiate various trade deals, not least with the EU. The UK government is determined not to extend the post-Brexit transition period beyond the end of the year. How realistic is this and what can we expect in the shorter term? Well, as you said, the UK left the EU on Friday night. Um, you would hardly notice it in terms of uh, nothing's changed. That transition period is very important. So for people who are importing and tr- exporting to the UK, they'll notice no change over the next uh, 11 months. The transition period lasts until the end of 2020, so nothing changes. You know, the UK retains access to the single market, uh, same customs uh, in the customs union, same customs rates, duties, etc. So free trade continues. Uh, but... Obviously, what we've got to do this year is negotiate that trade deal between the EU and the UK. And the UK very much wants that or those negotiations concluded by the end of the year. Now, that is an ambitious time frame. Um, we know a lot of talk about the Canadian-EU trade deal. Uh, it may be a template. That took seven years to negotiate. So the UK and the EU have two very different views here on both the, the timing and uh, the content of any trade deal. So the UK, Boris Johnson has ruled out any extension uh, to the transition period. Uh, the UK's view, it, well, it's very hard to negotiate a comprehensive trade deal in 11 months. Uh, now, I think the risk for the UK is that uh, if it is sticking to that timetable, what we get is a very inferior or poor trade deal. And uh, mention has been made of the Canadian trade deal in that regard. Um, you know, that is, for the UK, uh, far from what they have at the present time in terms of the relation, the trading relationship with the EU. That Canadian trade deal largely refers to um, goods. Uh, it doesn't remove all tariffs or quotas. Some remain in place for some products, particularly agricultural products. It doesn't, kind of, it doesn't cover financial services, which is a huge part of the UK economy. And there's only limited access to EU markets for other services. So that is very much an inferior uh, trade deal compared to the single market that the UK has been a participant uh, in in recent decades. So, um, you know, if Boris Johnson wants to negotiate a very quick trade deal, it will be limited. And the other striking feature is the EU is insisting that if you want access to our markets, you play by our rules. And we'll have a level playing field here in terms of trade. We'll have regulatory alignment. Uh, we'll have no regulatory dumping. Uh, and the UK government says, well, we'll not be a rule taker. Uh, we want to set our own regulations. So again, that will uh, signals divergence from the EU and a limited trade deal. So I think people need to be, uh, I mean, the, the EU Trade Commissioner Phil Hogan warned about this last week, that, that there's an air complacency, not just in Ireland, but in markets generally. I mean, sterling has been very strong now for the last two or three months. Uh, there's an expectation a trade deal will be done. Uh, that'll be a benign outcome for the UK and Irish economies. Uh, in, in the sense that there won't be much of a negative impact. But if it's, if it's a very limited trade deal, there certainly will be an impact. Uh, and there'll be a lot of increased costs in terms of dealing with the UK. And there could well be some tariffs or some quotas or restrictions. And for the UK economy, which is an important market for Ireland, it will have negative economic consequences. So we're certainly not out of the woods. Um, it is absolutely true that the near-term uncertainty is gone. Uh, we uh, will continue under existing trade rules until the end of the year. 
Uh, there is provision for an extension. The UK doesn't want one. So come 2021, we could really begin to see the full effects or the real effects of Brexit. And last week, Ollie, the Bank of England left interest rates on hold at 0.75, um, a move that may have surprised some in the market given the slowdown in the UK economy. What's what's the outlook with the with interest rates? Well, first, in regard to the meeting, uh, even the Bank of England in the past month had been signalling that they, they may be lining up a rate cut. And as you said, the UK economy had a very weak end to, to 2019. Uh, you know, GDP growth may have stalled in the final quarter. But more recently, the early indicators we have for 2020 has been a, of a rebound in activity. And that's largely linked to an end to political uncertainty. We had a very clear election win in the December election for the Conservative Party. And also the removal of near-term Brexit uncertainty. The UK did not crash out without a deal. There is a transition period. Uh, you know, the prospects are okay for this year in terms of the economy. It's not going to be impacted by Brexit. That's further down the road. So what we saw in the UK uh, was a marked weakening in activity, uh, in investment spending, uh, and a lot of uncertainty weighing on sentiment uh, in the second half of last year. That's lifted for the present time, and it's, it seems to be generating... Now, this is all survey data we're seeing from the CBI, PMIs and what have you, that they, we, we could see a near-term bounce in the UK economy. So, as a result, the Bank of England voted... Uh, to leave rates unchanged, as you said last Thursday. Now the market was even. The market had originally thought that we cut rates. Then it became a fifty-fifty call uh, last week. So it didn't have much of an impact uh, because we did see the pickup in data. So maybe the maybe the bank of England might turn a bit more cautious here. But interestingly, uh, the market still believed that rates will be cut in the second half of the year in the UK, and our own view would be the same thing. I mean, what we have here is really Brexit delayed effects. Uh, and those trade negotiations are going to be difficult. Uh, and if we are heading for an inferior trade deal, it will weigh on sentiment. There'll be a lot of uncertainty. So we could see, it could be Groundhog Day here again in terms of the second half of this year, uh, as in 2019, could see a slowdown in activity. And the Bank of England has signaled that if, there is a, if the UK weakens or, we, or weakens again, they may well have to move on interest rates. So the markets think the bounce in activity associated with the lifting of near-term Brexit uncertainty, that it won't last. Uh, there will be a renewed slowdown as the year progresses, and the Bank of England will cut rates. Now, rather than in the early part of the year, we're talking about late summer into the autumn before we see that rate cut from the UK. Okay, thanks, Ali. And staying on the interest rate theme, the Federal Reserve also met last week and also left interest rates on hold at 1.75%. They'd cut rates three times last year. Um, market is forecasting perhaps two cuts this year from the Federal Reserve. What's your what's your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, quite a difference of view has opened up between the market uh, and the Fed in terms of the outlook for rates this year. And as you say, the Fed is very clearly on hold. And, uh, you know, the Fed has this open market committee. It's made of regional Fed presidents, Um officials in the headquarters in, in Washington, and that's called the FOMC, the Federal Open Markets Committee, and they vote every six weeks uh, in terms of what's to do with rates, and they also make projections. And it's interesting that not one member uh, of that uh, board that decides on interest rates believes that rates need to go lower. Uh, they all think rates will remain unchanged this year, and they may have actually have to increase uh, further down the line. So what the Fed views is, as you say, it cut rates by 75 basis points last year. 
the US economy has lost a bit of momentum, but that's not a surprise. It's stabilizing at around a growth rate of 2%, which is fine for the UK, for the US. It's close to full employment. Inflation is close to target. And that's what the Fed expects to see going forward. Steady growth, inflation on target, so no need to move on rates uh, any further. The markets, though, are moving to pricing at least one and maybe even two rate cuts in the next uh, year. So obviously, I think the market's view is um, we saw a slowdown in economic activity last year in the US, but still a reasonable performance. The market seemed to believe that that slowdown would continue and the US economy will lose further momentum this year. Uh, and as a result, that will lead to uh, a further easing in policy by the, by the Fed. But that is certainly not the view of the Federal Reserve. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see as ever the data will decide. So I think near term, the Fed's on hold. Uh, I think another thing to bear in mind is that we're heading, we're into an election year, uh, and obviously presidential and congressional elections are in early November, and particularly for for presidential elections, and particularly with this president, who does express views about uh, monetary policy, the the Fed traditionally, unless there was very good grounds, would tend to steer clear of moving interest rates ahead of an election. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I think um, Fed on hold for the near term, markets expecting uh, rate cuts. The data will decide. Uh, our own view is that the, the U.S. economy looks a pretty solid footing at the present time. And that U.S.-China trade deal may remove an element of uncertainty. Uh, and it's in the president's interest to keep the economy going for this year ahead of an election. So uh, that seems to be the view of the Fed. So they, they feel they've done enough. And I think so we'd say short-term rates on hold uh, and see how the data evolve over the first half of the year. Ali, we'll leave it there for this week. Um, thank you as always for your insights and thanks to our customers for listening in. To stay up to date on the markets and Brexit, please press the subscribe button to AIB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.